this is usually the bit where I go, this is episode number three. But I've decided I'm not going to number the episodes because it's going to get messy. I'm just going to call this the episode about fasting. What? (laughs) Have a guess what this one's going to be about. Anyway, let's crack on with the episode about fasting. If you guessed that I'm going to be talking about fasting, then you guessed correctly. Well done. You win a prize. You don't really because I haven't got any listeners, so I've got no one to give a prize to. But if I did, I'd say, here's your prize. Um, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Anyway, fasting. This is something that is like this is a genuine question I get a lot. What do you think about fasting? Um, not like when you like someone comes on a podcast and they go something I get asked a lot is this but what they mean is that they don't get asked it a lot they just think it a lot but this is actually a question that I get asked a lot whenever you talk to anyone about nutrition they want to know about fasting what do you think of it oh is it amazing isn't it it's amazing um the fact is that fasting isn't what it's cracked up to be the vast majority of the benefits that you're going to get from any form of prolonged fasting is going to be the same benefits that you would get from creating a calorie deficit even if you wasn't fasting. Because the benefits that you get from fasting are the same benefits you get from creating a calorie deficit, a deficit which is that you lose body fat. And that reduction in body fat is what gives you the health benefits that fasting claims to give the reality is it's nothing to do with fasting it's to do with calorie deficit however let's not completely dismiss it fasting can be a very useful tool and that's all it is just a tool a very useful tool for people that are trying to reduce their calorie intake trying to improve their health by reducing their body fat and that's what it can be useful for all of the reported benefits or the vast majority of the reported benefits anyway that people claim about that fasting gives you are mostly blown out of the water. Like when they talk about autophagy and um, what other things do they say when it comes to fasting? Um, Like gut healing and stuff like that. These are all things that you can get without fasting and that you do get without fasting and that you do get from creating a calorie deficit you could argue that from a practical perspective not eating is gonna help your well not help your digestion but give your digestive system a bit of a rest therefore if you're someone that's suffering with digestion digestion issues easy for you to say then by having a break from eating for a prolonged period of time most is like what is it 16 to 18 hours a day that people fast for something like that that you may feel like you're getting benefits but is that really healing your digestive issue is that really getting to the bottom while you was having digestive issues in the first place probably not now on to autophagy which was the other thing that i mentioned autophagy is as far as I understand it, when your 
body or your cells start to die, break down, and basically autophagy is like the cleaning process of getting rid of those cells and creating new cells, something along those lines. Um, and people go, well, if you don't really know about it, how can you talk about it? The reason why I don't really know about it is because I'm not hugely interested in it because it's something that may be important, but at the moment, as far as we know, it's not that important. And I'm looking at a thing now that says it's supposed to be pronounced autophagy. Autophagy. Oh, autophagy. Autophagy. That makes me sound Irish. Autophagy. Um, sorry for anyone out there who is Irish and thinks, well, that didn't sound Irish at all. To me, it did. Um, but it probably didn't to anyone else. So, basically, all of the benefits that you're going to get from fasting... And what I like to focus on are practical benefits. So it's the practicalities of fasting, what that does for you with regards to creating a calorie deficit and making your body seem like it's getting a bit of a rest from digesting loads of food. So from a practical perspective, yes, fasting can be a very helpful and useful tool. However, it is not something that should be done with a pinch uh, with a pinch of salt no that's not that's not the right words um so it's not something that should be done without some consideration for the potential downfalls the potential downfalls the there's obviously going to be there's potential benefits but there's the the opposite of what potential benefits are why can't i think of the word <laughs> Oh my god. Right, I told you. I think I told you in one of the last one it was. Limited vocabulary. Very limited. I'm disappointed in myself. Um the potential benefits and the potential let's say pitfalls, because that that surely explains it. There's potential pitfalls to doing fasting. So let's talk about the potential benefits first, and then we're going to talk about the potential pitfalls. And hopefully, by the time I get to talking about the potential pitfalls, I would have remembered what the word is. <laughs> I don't know why I'm finding this so funny. Um, I know I do know why I'm finding it funny because I could easily just pause this podcast, search up what the word would be, and then pretend that I'm really clever and that I've just oh yeah oh. I know I know all the words but like I said I'm trying to be true trying to be honest on this podcast um and that is all the ridiculous silliness that comes with that as well so yeah like it or lump it that's what you're getting all right anyway potential benefits from a practical perspective of fasting in our busy lives that most of us lead nowadays we tend to struggle for time this means that in the past where we would get up like when you was a kid at school and you thought you had all the worries of the world on your shoulders <laughs> and you really didn't, you used to get up, have your bit of breakfast, not want to go to school but had to go to school, but you had time, like you had time as long as your parents got you up on time because, I mean, if you was anything like me, I was not getting out of bed without being forced. But you would have gotten up and you would have had breakfast because you would have had time. And then you would have eaten at lunch, probably had a bit of a snack in between, eaten at lunch, and then you would have finished, come home, possibly had a bit of a snack, and then had dinner around about six o'clock. As a working adult with kids, probably, 
stressed with seemingly zero time to yourself, sometimes it can be difficult to get a breakfast in. And you get people that they will say, breakfast, the most important meal of the day, you must eat breakfast. Well, no, that's nonsense. That's absolutely nonsense. You you don't have to eat breakfast. And if one thing that fasting has done, it's proven that breakfast isn't the most important meal of the day. It's an important meal if it works for you. But if you haven't got time, you shouldn't feel bad for skipping it. Because we know, like I said, fasting has proven that we can go for prolonged periods of time without damaging our metabolism like they'll tell you. And I still see it on like social media now and on things like YouTube when I'm watching videos and I watch a lot of um, nutrition and fitness content and weight loss content and stuff like that because that's the sort of boring person that I am. But you'll still get people now and they'll go, got to eat breakfast because it spikes your metabolism. Uh, Nah, mate, stop talking nonsense absolute load of rubbish I'm really trying not to swear it because I should be a little bit more professional shouldn't I on a podcast but uh, there's going to be some that slip out in a minute I should just get them straight away that's that is how I should start my podcast the first 10 seconds should just be me listing off and reeling off all the profanities and all the swear words that I know just so they're out of the way so that if any of them do sort of drop in you're not surprised um off on a tangent what was I talking about <sighs> I wind myself up at times with this, the way my mind works. Anyway, I'm going to talk about this in a further podcast, not today, but I'm going to tell you about my ADHD uh, and how it, it it's hugely inconvenient at times when I'm trying to focus on one subject, as you can tell now, because I've gone off on another tangent to, talking about me and my ADHD. So, from a practical perspective, fasting has shown us that you're all right to skip breakfast, and that's that's fine. Another thing that fasting does from a practical perspective, that if you do skip breakfast and you don't eat till lunch and then you just eat roughly the same amount of lunch and you miss a whole meal, you're missing a whole meal of calories. So if you're eating a lot of calories at breakfast and you stop eating breakfast, then you're going to not eat as many calories throughout the day. Creates a calorie deficit. That's what it does. So if you're someone that eats at six, seven, eight o'clock at night, which I know like dinner time's got so much later than it used to be. I remember when I was a kid, we used to all sit at the table at like half five um, and that was it. I think mum and dad probably had a snack at night and stuff, but dinner time was like half five, six. Nowadays, I'm lucky if I get dinner by eight o'clock because I'm, just, well, I'm a busy guy. I'm a very busy person. Um, So fasting is something that I do from a practical perspective, on a regular. I don't always plan it, but if I'm out, because like some days I'll be in the office all day, um, some days I'll be out and about, and depending on what I am, I have planned, I'll go, yeah, do you know what? I'm not going to plan to, I'm not going to prep a breakfast. I'll just not eat until lunchtime, where I can. I know I can go and get the amount of calories and protein that I need to satisfy my body. Whoa. Satisfy my boy. That sounds very uh, provocative, doesn't it? That anyway. So that's another thing that fasting does. And again, both of those things—they're just practical things. So you can now understand that fasting can be a useful tool when used like that. But understand as well the mindset behind it. 
that's something that I feel that gets sort of forgotten about, the mindset behind. If you feel like you're doing something wrong, you are more likely to make more quote-unquote wrong choices over the rest of the day. Whereas if you think you're doing things right, you're more likely to make more right choices. That's definitely not the right words. That's, that's bad England, that is. But you are more likely to make better choices. That's the right words. Better choices throughout the day. And what I mean by that is that if historically you have believed that if I skip breakfast, I'm really unhealthy and that's bad for me, we know that if you've got that mindset, you're likely, or more likely anyway, to make poorer choices. Whereas if you're someone that goes, I don't eat breakfast because not eating breakfast is good because that's fasting and fasting's good. And if you believe that, then again, you are more likely to make better choices throughout the day. Again, that's the mindset about it. So it's important to understand that. So you don't have any emotions to, oh, I miss breakfast or I'm skipping breakfast. Like, get rid of the emotions. Although, I mean, listen, if you go, I'm skipping breakfast because fasting is really good and then you make better choices throughout the day, that's a good thing. But know that that's what's happening because I think that's quite important. Anyway, back to the pitfalls or the downside. The downsides. That's the word. That's the word I was thinking of seven minutes ago that wouldn't pop into my head. The downsides of fasting. It, because of how it's promoted, people believe that fasting is this magic pill. Fasting is this magic thing that solves all your problems, calls, cures all your illnesses. Um, and to be honest, if you're someone that promotes that, you're disgusting. Oh, I really nearly swore. I nearly swore then. Oh, I was very close to using a swear word. But if you are someone that promotes um, healing everything, I don't want to start going into the words of it because they can be a bit... No, it's not. I, I will do. Why not? You get people out there going, fasting cures diabetes. Fasting cures cancer. Fasting cures everything. Fasting is fasting is fasting is the best. Um, if you are one of those people then you don't understand anything about the ailments and illnesses that you are claiming that fasting cures. Anyway, from a practical perspective, the downsides of fasting are because people believe that it is this amazing magic pill, when they get to a point where sometimes it becomes unsustainable for them or it just becomes totally unsustainable for them and don't like the idea of being hungry all the time because what tends to happen is people go, I've been fasting for 12 hours, therefore I can push that to 16 hours and because 16 hours gave me these results, then if I do 20 hours, I'll get these results. All of a sudden, they're eating one meal a day and they're wondering why they're living their life starving. Well, it's because you're not eating enough calories and you're eating once per day and you're probably not used to doing that and you probably won't get used to doing that. Some of you may, but most of you won't. So then what happens if you, rather than going, do you know what? Eating once a day, not interested, painful, uh, I'm just hungry all the time. Instead of going, what I'll do is I'll go back to that 12-hour fast, 16-hour fast that I was doing before they have this in their subconscious that because I can't do it perfect, I may as not, I may as well not be doing anything at all 
because I currently believe that the most healthy thing and best thing for me is fasting. And if I can't fast, I can't do it the way I'm told to do it. I might as well just blow it all off and just eat loads of crap. Um, And that's what happens. That's what happens from a practical perspective. When people start pushing things to the boundaries, start uh, to the boundaries, to the limits, not the boundaries. When people start pushing things to the limits, which inevitably most people often do, they start to realise that it's not for them and that they're doing something that's not sustainable for them. And that results in them falling off and like we see time and time and time again, when someone goes on a particular specific type of diet, as soon as they stop doing that particular specific type of diet, any benefits they got from doing that specific... Why am I going to say that again? Any benefits they got from doing that type of diet are lost very, very quickly. If those benefits were fat loss, what you usually see is that fat gains happen fat gain happens at a rate of knots they gain fat very very quickly and because what they usually do is lose fat very very quickly or lose weight total weight very very quickly uh, an amount of that weight that they've lost is important healthy muscle mass but when they gain it back again they don't gain that muscle mass back again they just gain fat. So when someone starts something like fasting, and any, it's not I'm not slamming fasting, like I've already said, it can be a useful tool. Any sort of diet, any sort of protocol that anyone follows, when they start it and they start getting these amazing results, quote-unquote amazing results, they would have been... Because they lose these results when they stop doing it, they would have been better off not starting in the first place. Genuinely, you would have been better off not bothering. And that is something that I think is really important to understand. That if what you're doing doesn't have an element of sustainability to it, if there is no... Like, I've got no issues with people losing body fat quickly, but there has to be an escape route. There has to be a way out of this. That you can't consistently lose body weight. And body fat, you can't you can't do it consistently forever because you will just die. So there has to be an escape route. There has to be an, a way out. There has to be a plan for when you get anywhere near your target, or when you reach a certain stage on that path towards your target. Stop, maintain. Does this fit? Does this work? Do you feel healthy? Right. Do you want to go again, or are you happy there? There has to be that. That has to be in place. Because if you just go all out, right, reduce the number on the scales as quickly as possible. For those of you that follow me on social media, you'll know that I really am not bothered by people going, oh, I lost £10 this week. Because I'm like, yeah, you just pissed out £7 of fluid from your body. Uh, and you lost about a pound of muscle and a couple of pounds of fat. Which, good, you lost two pounds of fat. But you also lost a pound of muscle. So you're body fat percentage actually didn't change that much um you just weigh less and you probably feel crap for doing it um outside of the excitement of you jumping on the scales or you what you, you think is exciting jumping on the scales and losing that amount of weight in the week it's not anyway back to fasting so that is my opinions on fasting yes it can be a useful tool 
yes, it can be something that can have huge benefits for many people, especially for people that are living hectic lifestyles. But you probably shouldn't be trying to push yourself to doing 18-hour fasts every day from the off. And as far as I've seen, and as far as I've come across, around about 10 to 12 hours is more than enough to get all of the benefits that you get or the reported benefits that you get from fasting. You don't have to push yourself to 18 hours and you certainly don't have to be doing one meal a day like some certain doctors online will have you um, believe. And just before we go, I'm going to talk about this in a future episode about doctors online, but just before you go, and I will bring this up in the episode, when you follow a doctor online, you think, oh, well, they're a doctor. They must know what they're talking about. Have a look at what their doctorate's in. It's usually not in nutrition. It's usually in something like toenails or, I don't know, fixing elbows or something like that. But people go, oh, well, they're a doctor. They, they must know. They must know. No, what they do know is that people are very unsuspecting and people want to be told and want to believe that you're doing nothing wrong. It can't be you. It's all to do with the system you're involved in. So what they do is they sell you this lie and you buy into it because you go, well, they, they seem noble. They're fighting against the system when the system isn't the problem. And I'm not saying that you're the problem. I'm saying that you're the solution. You're the solution to your own problems, um, not these doctors and the nonsense that they're spouting. Again, off on a tangent. Tangent? Off on a tangent. Or a tangent. Either one of those, either one of those two things. That's what I went off on. Um, as always, if you manage to listen this far, um, more for you. 22 minutes this lasted, and I'm not going to edit this one down. It's going out like this, raw. And and unlike the other two that I've done, um, this is a first cut. I've not gone through and deleted anything out of this. This is a first cut straight up, off the top of my head talk about fasting, all this information. It's just in there and it's out now. Anyway, thanks very much. As always, you are the best and I really appreciate you. Really, I sound so pompsy. Have a great day.